Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. You're listening to The Fix with Ryan Rothstein, live from the PropSwap studios of AM1490 Sports Betting Radio. Prop swap that ticket and cash in while the odds have improved. Once again, here's Ryan. All right, welcome back live in the PropSwap studios to The Fix. I'm your host, Ryan Rothstein, and kicking myself here because I just wasted a couple minutes just blabbering about who knows what in that second segment and it cut out some time with uh my favorite part of the night your football fix with nfl eagles insider john mcmullen host of extending the play every saturday morning right here on am 1490 from 10 a.m to 11 a.m jf mcmullen on twitter and all of his written work at phillyvoice.com and sports illustrated at si.com well john it seems like all the tools are back in the toolbox here, right? Who's not on the field? Seems like we have everyone healthy. Is that accurate? Yeah, everybody who was eligible to practice, practice, with the exception of Fletcher Cox, and he got a day off a maintenance day. So uh, no concern there. Uh, not everybody a full participant, but everybody – Again, Marcus Epps, for instance, is on the COVID list, but everybody who was eligible uh, was at least limited uh, in practice. So you think about all the names, and, you know, the biggest names that starts with Miles Sanders and, and, and Lane Johnson uh, and Isaac Sayamalo, uh, those guys are all practicing. And in Isaac's case, which is interesting because he just came off, obviously, uh, hasn't come off injured reserve yet, but the Eagles started uh, the 21-day practice window on him on Monday, and he was a full go. So that's a pretty good indication he's going to be ready to play Sunday against the New York Giants. So um, that offensive line is going to start looking a little sturdier pretty quickly. All right, what's the number one thing on the list of adjustments or improvements coming off the bye. The teams rest it. They seem to be the healthiest they've been all season long. So, John McMullen, what are you really looking to see that we haven't haven't really seen uh, throughout the year so far in these games? Well, there's a lot of things uh, offensively. I think people have focused on that, uh, and I think that has kind of uh, really – given the defense kind of 
kind of a pass. So you need help on both sides of the ball. You need improvements. Uh, but I think, number one, first and foremost, I mean, is ball security. <clears throat> that uh, Nothing gets you beaten quicker in the NFL than turning the football over. And we know the Eagles have been one of the worst teams in football when it comes to turnover ratio. Um, and it starts with the quarterback, and it starts with Carson Wentz. And now you have this whole Brett Favre kerfuffle bringing up Nick Foles, which I think should never be talked about again in this city, but here we are. Um, that part of it doesn't make any sense. But the part that does make some sense is the quarterback needs to stop turning the football over. And you you can make a lot of excuses for lack of efficiency, and some of them are, are really good explanations, uh, starting with the offensive line, starting with some of the issues Miles Sanders has had uh, injury-wise. I mean, he's missed three games. And then we've talked a lot about the receivers and, and especially the young receivers not running routes uh, in the best way possible. All of those are legitimate explanations for why the offense has struggled at times. But at the end of the day, that doesn't mean you have to turn it over. So, I, I mean, three and out and, and punting the football, especially with the year Camp Johnson is having, is not the worst thing in the world. And it's a heck of a lot better than turning over to the other side. So I, I think if the Eagles can just start playing clean football, and, and that's not even necessarily winning the, the turnover battle, but staying even uh, each and every week, can have a much better opportunity to win some of these games, even in, uh, against the better teams on their schedule. No, absolutely, and and I want to get into you know some of those offensive struggles and the turnovers in a second, and it's nothing new, like you said. But uh, let's let's talk about the defense, who maybe have been able to slide under this public radar a little bit. What is your assessment from the defense overall? Um, you know, big names that stick out: Fletcher Cox. What are your thoughts on him moving forward? And uh, the linebacker position, of course, is always a hot topic. Yeah, it is, um, and I, I think you're going to see a, a bigger test coming up for the linebackers. Remember, Nate Gary is out on injured reserve, and I, I think people are happy about that. And, and if you rewind uh, back to the Dallas game and how how well T.J. Edwards played coming off IR, that was his first game back from his hamstring injury, uh, I think people got excited about that. But, you know, the main issue with T.J. Edwards and the reason why he was essentially a two-down player, not a three-down linebacker, is because he's got some coverage issues. He's not the fastest guy in the world. He ran a 4.840 coming out of college. That's why he wasn't drafted. He's a, a very, very productive player at Wisconsin. Um but when you can't run in this league, especially in the modern NFL at the linebacker position, you're going to have some issues. And if you see uh, the games coming up, not necessarily the Giants, although everybody is going to be more dangerous than the Cowboys were with Ben DiNucci. So even Daniel Jones can hurt you 
throwing the football, but then after that you start getting into the the Baker Mayfields of the world, and then after that it's really amped up to the Russell Wilsons and Aaron Rodgers and Drew Breeses of the world. And believe me, if you have linebackers that can't cover, those quarterbacks are going to find them. So we're going to learn a lot about T.J. Edwards in the second half of the season and whether he's got a legitimate opportunity to be a player in this league. And then the back seven as a whole. You mentioned Fletcher Cox. I I know, you know, it's the sack thing. I mean, he's playing at a really high level, and this defensive line and, and Brandon Graham's in that category as well. Uh, it's clearly the strength of this team. It's deep. Uh, it's good, and, and that's the strength. But they haven't been as good on third downs and red zone defense, and I think that is directly related to trying to replace Malcolm Jenkins because that's where he really showed up, not, not only from a physical standpoint, but just from a mental standpoint, understanding the defense, getting everybody lined up on the back seven correctly. So I I think they're still working through that. What has the addition of Darius Slade afforded Jim Schwartz the opportunity to do differently? More man coverage, more press coverage? Um, I haven't really asked you about this. It's probably a question that I should have brought up last week during the bye, but... Give me your assessment of Slay through eight weeks and moving forward. Yeah, he's been, as advertised, clearly the best corner in this Doug Peterson-Jim Schwartz era the Eagles have had, and I mean by a wide margin. And uh, he's enabled them to, to travel with opposing receivers if they want. Um, and, yeah, they play a lot more uh, man coverage. Uh, than they had in the past because they have a guy who can do it. Uh, But there are some uh, issues with that still because, remember, and especially when you travel, well, if if you travel a a great corner like Darius Slay, uh, there's unintended consequences in what they are. The other guys have to travel. I mean, Devontae Maddox is on the move when he's healthy. He missed a little bit of time. Uh, but the other corners, by and large, have not played well, and I think have been kind of disappointing, to be honest. And it starts with Avante, and and even more so, Nikel Roby Coleman. I had high hopes for him. He had a great training camp. The Eagles flat out said they thought he was a top five slot corner in this league. Hasn't played like that, and really has lost some of his playing time to Cravon LeBlanc. Uh, and Cravon was injured um, in the Dallas game. He had a quad injury. He was back at practice. He was another guy. So they've had to mix and match because they've had a lot of injuries uh, opposite Darius Slay. Um, but but Darius has been he, he's been great, man. He's been uh, everything they said he was, everything we thought he was. The three-time Pro Bowl cornerback in Detroit, and he's still a top 10 corner in this league talking with john mcmullen just like we do every single night for your football fix on the fix jf mcmullen on twitter extending the play every saturday morning from 10 to 11 uh john the eagles three-point favorites on the road against the giants 
assess how the Giants have been playing as of late. They're coming off a win, but it's against one of those NFC least opponents. Um, what type of issues do the Giants potentially present matchup-wise? Yeah, they're getting better. I, I mean, you only have to go back a couple weeks uh, and, and, and to that first Eagles game at Lincoln Financial Field, and, you know, they outplayed the Eagles for the vast majority of that game. They were up 21-10 uh, late before the wheels came off. And I think you see that with a lot uh, of young teams um, don't know how to finish games, so to speak, uh, don't know how to get over the hump, and that's a learning progress. And, and I think they're going through that, and they are getting uh, a little bit better. Obviously, a rookie head coach, second-year quarterback, it starts with that. Um, and, and their defense is, is – much improved, and I, I would say, you know, Jason Kelsey talked to us today and, and mentioned how talented their front is and, and their defensive line. I think everyone looks at, at Washington, and rightfully so, and says, boy, they might be a bad team, but they got a great defensive line. Well, you can almost put the Giants in that category as well. They might be a bad team, but they got a great defensive line. So, um you got to deal with those guys up front first and foremost, uh, and and I think the Eagles kind of understand that. John, I'm I'm bouncing around a little bit tonight. Um, there's a lot to get to, and you mentioned, you know, the Nick Foles dynamic, and that should be never discussed, never brought up again. But our <laughs> good our good friend, you can blame him, uh, Aton Shander. I just saw him tweet out the audio of Carson Wentz answering this. So do you mind if I play this? It's like 15 seconds, and then we'll get a reaction from you. No. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, here we go. Hey, we'll end it here with EJ. Hey, Carson, I'm wondering if you saw what Brett Favre said on ESPN about um, if the Eagles should have stuck with uh, Nick Foles instead of going forward with you, and um, if so, what your thoughts were. I did not. So maybe you can enlighten me or – at the end of the day, it's really whatever. I mean, everyone has their opinion, so I don't know. Uh, and just real quick, John, um, the awkwardness that is seeping through my computer screen and Carson's look on his face. But uh, go ahead. You take the wheel. <laughs> yeah, I didn't hear it. I assume it was EJ's question uh, about uh, Brett Favre. Uh, so I, I was in the press conference, obviously. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, he claimed – he, he didn't hear it, uh, didn't know what Brett said. Look, I, I, you know, when players say things like that, I tend not to believe that. Yeah. Uh, and, and I didn't necessarily uh, believe Carson in, in that uh, moment. But, you know, it, it's from his perspective, it's like, um, you know, the question's got to be asked. But from his perspective, I also understand, you know, what is he supposed to say? So, yeah. Um, I think it's 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 probably, and I, and I kind of I think I mentioned yesterday on the show through this bye week or or it might have been Monday. You know, you've had everybody chiming in on Carson Wentz from Brett Favre probably being the most high profile, um, and, and you know, but even locally, uh, your your Ron Jaworski's and 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 people like that. 
everybody is is trying to add their two cents into to what the heck is wrong with Carson Wentz. So I'm sure it's permeated through at some point to him. He knows this is a, a narrative. He knows this is a conversation. Um, but, you know, I, I think the Brown thing hurts a little bit more, and I've seen a bunch of people. And I, I, I'm going to push back, and I'll push back on Aton's show and some other people, Kevin Kincaid from Crossing Broad, my, my buddy there, uh, has said, you know, this is not a story. It is a story. This is a Hall of Fame quarterback Absolutely. who's good friends with the head coach. And, and not only that, by the way, Carson Wentz grew up kind of emulating Brett Favre. Um, so it's probably pretty hurtful, and people have compared his playing style to Brett Favre, uh, who's you know, probably the ultimate gunslinger, so to speak, uh, in NFL history, uh, and a guy who would take chances and, and, and fit uh, footballs in tight windows and try to extend plays and, and keep things going. Um, and, you know, he's out there saying Nick Foles is better than Carson Wentz. Now, hey, well, I, I'll be the first to tell Brett he's wrong, Yeah, he's completely wrong. I, I mean, Nick Foles, and here I am talking about it again. I Nick know, Foles here we are. the job to Gardner <laughs> Minshew. Yeah. No, and, 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 and he mu- no I'm sorry. I, I just want to add to it, John. And here we are talking about it. I, I'm just mad at myself. But... Uh, and, and and we've talked about this a million times, you and I, John, over the years. A million. Um, but it, it's not Nick Foles is better, right? Like, I, I would assume anyone that has half a brain, uh, a football brain, knows Carson Wentz is more talented. But there is the dynamic of, for whatever reason, the game plan and just the fluidity of the, fluidity of the offense when Nick Foles was in was different. With Carson Wentz, and I know your answer. You've given it to me a million times, but it just seems like ever since that injury, they can't get that same cohesiveness with Carson. And I don't know if it's a Carson and Doug thing more than anything else. Well, I I mean, Doug has said uh, and has admitted at times uh, that maybe it's a little bit easier from his perspective because, um, you know, Nick just, did what he was told, uh, and, and Carson's more of a um, type A personality, however, however you want to describe it. He's going to push to get certain things in the game plan. He's going to push to do certain things. Uh, but ultimately, I think the latter is better than the former. I mean, Doug has also admitted, you know, people forget uh, when Carson got hurt in 2017, those first couple games at the end of the regular season were just awful with Nick Foles um, in, in the regular season. And and basically, um, Doug told John DiFilippo and, and, and uh, Frank Wright to go back and, and, and talk to, to Nick and, and look at the film and, and try to see what he did well. Uh, and they basically redid the entire offense and they scaled it back dramatically. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it wasn't like it was easier at the beginning. They kind of figured it out. Um, and and the figuring it out part was we got to simplify this thing down. We got to run a bunch of RPOs. We got to um, just have one read type offenses and, and very, very simple concepts, which I think is interesting because everybody complains um, 
when the Eagles are too simple now, uh, and they loved it when it worked. So, you know, it's all about success. I talk about that all the time. It's not – you're not judging play calls. You're not judging offenses. You're judging, judging success or failure. Yeah, and, and there's been a lot of talk about Doug and Carson and everyone saying, you know, that's how Carson Wentz is. He's aggressive. We're not going to try and change him. Uh, and we're going to basically, I'm paraphrasing, continue to allow him to be himself and do what he does. Moving forward here now, John, how can Doug and the coaching staff reel him in a little bit without making it obvious that they're reeling him in, <laughs> like just to help him limit the turnovers, I guess? Yeah, I I, I, I... I think I mentioned before, I think it's got more to do with the supporting cast. Like, I, I yeah. think at this point, Carson is Carson. Um, and he's just going to do what he's going to do. Uh, and you're going to accept the good with that. And, and you're probably not going to accept the bad with it. It's evidence of what we've seen. You know, if you think about not the Giants game, but if you remember, I think it was the Giants game in Week 17 last year. He had that throw across his body uh, into the middle of the field, and it ended up as a touchdown. I mean, it was just one of those throws that if you're a coach, you just scream no, 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 and then at the very end, yes, when it turns into a touchdown. It was a terrible decision by a quarterback it was a terrible play but he fit the football in there and everybody what did everybody say what a great play (laughs) yeah so i mean that's you're gonna that's what you're gonna get with carson wentz he's going to make plays that he's not supposed to make and he's also going to turn the football over because he's trying to make those plays and i i think the better protection you have up front I've talked about the route running a lot. The young receivers, also Miles Sanders, uh, I think out of the backfield. I think if they start being in the right positions, I think more positive things will happen. Uh, But Carson's going to be Carson, and Carson's going to try to emulate Brett Favre, and he's going to try to make plays. We have about four minutes left with Eagles insider John McMullen. Um, John, real quick, just a – a quick COVID-19 update and anything new here within the NFL? Uh, just that the Eagles were in the intensive protocol, so it, it, it's an interesting situation. So basically they have virtual meetings, uh, then they go practice together, and then they got to go home and get back into virtual meetings. So I, I, I think it's silly. I, I, I think – you know, I, I, I don't think there's much common sense uh, in all this, but I've talked about that. You know, they do have to be a little bit more socially distanced uh, on the practice field. They have to wear masks on the practice field. Everybody's got to wear those Oakley face shields on the practice field in these intensive protocols. Uh, and then when they get to the game, they don't have to wear them. So, again, I, I, I don't understand these things. Uh, Jalen Mills mentioned today it's not the easiest thing uh, to breathe in, uh, so that's why none of the players have kind of embraced uh, those things. Uh, 
But, I, I mean, that's where we are with this thing. And, uh, and, you know, it's not just the Eagles. Probably half the league is in this so-called intensive protocols as these cases spike across the country. Uh, and it's only getting worse uh, as we get into uh, flu season, so to speak. And I, I think it's only going to continue to get worse. And you see all the scale backs. We, we joked about it with COVID having a 10 o'clock bedtime now in New Jersey. <laughs> um, you know, we're back to this. We're back to this again. And it's going to be interesting to see if the NFL can, can power through this. It really is. All right, last one for you here. Not football-related. John, the Masters starts tomorrow. Um, how big of a golf fan are you for the listeners out there? And most sports fans at least follow the Masters. Are you one of those people? And if you want to throw even a prediction out there, or who are you looking forward to watching, if at all? Well, I, I, no, I, I'm not. Uh, a, I, I love to play golf. And I okay. only play it a couple times a year, but I love the game. But I'm like a lot of fugazi golf people. I mean, I, I, I get interested if Tiger is involved and, and Tiger is doing well. And if he's not, and obviously mm-hmm. <laughs> he's had a lot of issues over the past <laughs> few years, uh, I tend to lose interest. So, um, yeah, I but I think that's been golf as a whole, I think. They lost so many casual fans, uh, and that's where I would be. So uh, I'm not your guy for a golf prediction. (laughs) That's okay. I I know the big hitter. Everybody's in the big hitters. He's juicing or not. He's juicing. Um, DeChambeau is absolutely (laughs) juicing. (laughs) Yeah, probably, if you you can hit the ball that far. Oh, even uh, just the before and after photos. (laughs) He's, He's massive. (laughs) Um, And and by the way, you probably, you know, there was that speculation about Tiger in his prime. That's right. uh, As well. Um, But, I mean, yeah, he was obviously one of the most dominant athletes uh, of of his generation, his time. Yep. Uh, And and, and he he was also one of those guys like like Jordan, Muhammad Ali, and and LeBron James who who transcend his sport. He did. They just don't have that now. Nope. We're running out of time, John, but uh, the Tiger effect is is very real. There he is, John McMullen. We have to take a break. We'll be right back. You're hearing AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. Listen online at 1490sportsbettingradio.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. 
Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.